Welcome back to the Georgia Chamber podcast. This is your host, Kayla Robertson, and today I am joined by our Vice President of the Georgia Chamber Foundation, Daniela Perry. Daniela, thank you for joining me again. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kayla. So the last time you were on the podcast back in November, we talked about some of the foundation's upcoming initiatives, and that included the 2024 Economic Competitiveness Red Book. This year's Red Book was officially released at Eggs and Issues just a few weeks ago. So before we get into the contents, can you tell our audience just a little bit about what exactly the Red Book is? Yes, absolutely. Our president and CEO asked our members, what do you really want to hear most from us? And overwhelmingly, we heard from our members that they wanted to do, they wanted data-driven insights. That was key. Having better information to make more strategic decisions. So we started to kind of brainstorm what kind of resources we could produce that would help to really support these you know, strategic decisions, data-driven insights to help um, foster strong decision-making from community leaders, state leaders, kind of everyone you can think of that's in that decision-making process. That led us to create our Economic Competitiveness Red Book. Really what this aims to look at is the fact that um, how Georgia compares to other states. So Throughout the whole book, you'll see lots of different uh, metrics, and we're comparing how Georgia compares to all 50 states. A unique feature of ours, though, some other state chambers do produce red books, but no one else produces a red book that has county-level data. Mm. Of course, having 159 counties, we know there are lots of variations in how these communities function, um, where are the strengths, where are the opportunities, and so we wanted to make sure we're also providing that county-level data. So within this resource, you'll find so much information about how Georgia stacks up to other states in terms of our competitiveness, as well as how your community compares to others around you or maybe other communities in different regions of the state, but that are really similar. You could kind of think of that as like a, a peer community. So it's our hope that providing this data will enable stronger decision-making, really thinking about where are your strengths, where are your weaknesses, and how can you think holistically with all the partners in your community to foster further growth and economic opportunity. And like you said, this is our second annual Economic Competitiveness Red Book. So we've had plenty of time to garner more feedback from our members and listen to suggestions from the various individuals who have utilized this data. So what are some of the main differences in this Red Book and last year's? Yeah, that's a great question. And this year we really did a wholesale redesign. We heard from our members that data was super valuable, but it needed to be a little bit more user-friendly. So we worked with our new partner, Market Wake, who's also doing some additional work on a website redesign, which we're really excited to roll out soon. We really feel like the format and layout of this makes it much more user-friendly. I would say, too, at the top of every table, we have a top-line takeaway for you. So, you know, maybe you are in the trucking industry and you live, sleep, eat, breathe infrastructure. You're going to want to dig into all the tables, really look at how our warehouse and distribution has grown, what's coming through the port, all of that information. But maybe you aren't as familiar with what's going on in third grade reading. And so having that top line takeaway is a really easy way for you to get the key insight that you need about what's going on in the state and what's going on in your community to make sure we've got 
students that are prepared and early age to foster a long-term successful workforce development strategy. But having those top-line takeaways is really helpful so that you get your key insight quickly. We also provided some kind of big data points that are relevant as a, a state or community leader that you would want to know about what's going on in the state. We also produced um, kind of new sections about hub, rural, and metro Atlanta, um, those regions. We found that there were lots of things that members wanted to know about those types of communities. What was going on in rural Georgia? What was going on in metro Atlanta? Where were those bright spots and where were those challenges? So we produced that as well in the kind of towards the back of this red book to give you a better idea of what's going on in that region and how can we continue to foster growth. And we found some kind of key areas that are mentioned in red book for some actionable solutions as well. Great. And so let's just jump right into the data. What does this year's red book tell us about the state of Georgia's economy compared to the rest of the nation, but specifically about some of our neighbors in the southeast? Yeah, so Georgia is doing super, super well. Of course, we're the number one state in the nation in which to do business. But I think one thing that's really important to mention is that we are the eighth most populous state in the nation, and we're only going to continue to grow. When we look at our job projections, when we look at our population growth, we are only seeing super strong growth, which is really, really exciting for our state. What is interesting, though, is the majority of our population that's getting added is considering to be in our prime working age. So again, as we're thinking about a workforce development strategy, how are we able to manage our growth? This is certainly something that's positive and a good opportunity for the state. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're looking to add nearly 740,000 people to our population by 2030. And the majority of that population, like you just said, is 25 to 44. So that means they're prime working age. And that's really interesting, especially when you consider the workforce shortage that's currently impacting not only our state, but the entire nation. I think currently we're looking at something like a over 100% employment gap. Is that correct? Yeah. So we are facing an acute workforce shortage in the state. And I would say one of the most, you know, unique reasons for this is that we are experiencing so much economic growth with the announcement of new projects, as well as so many of our existing industries wanting and needing to expand in the state. So we're actually projected to add more jobs than people by 2050. So I think more jobs than people, that's a numbers issue, right? Um, So, of course, that's why workforce is the number one issue for the Georgia Chamber, because it's the number one issue of our members. We really want to make sure that we are thinking strategically about how do we address our challenges and then how do we really think about those solutions to meet our needs in the short term and the long term. I would say, too, one of the most interesting challenges that we're facing as a state, we're creating a lot of jobs, lots of new opportunities. But when you look at our labor force participation rate, so the labor force participation rate is a metric that measures how many working age adults are actually engaged in the workforce. We actually rank 42nd nationally for that, which is certainly not the number one spot that we always like to be. So this really proves that there's a huge opportunity for us to increase participation of working age adults within our workforce. Of course, a huge way to address that participation issue is to keep kids engaged within a talent pipeline over the long term 
so they're not able to kind of drop off and face some of those challenges. But I would say participation is a, a huge challenge for our state, and as we continue to see lots of new opportunities, we want to make sure that we are able to address that participation issue. I would say, too, you know, we've been working with a lot of partners on this. This isn't something, I think, Kayla, like you mentioned, it's it's not unique to Georgia, and it's, you know, it's not something that's new. We actually started looking at this issue back in 2019, long before the pandemic, because we were facing a war for talent and so many talent shortages. We um, have been engaged with a number of partners through the Georgia General Assembly. There have been a number of work efforts, too, within leadership. Of course, the Georgia Council on Literacy has been great, really thinking about that early literacy challenges. We also um, have a partnership with the Georgia Department of Education. We've been awarded $3 million to work with rural school districts to provide workforce preparedness funds. Mm -hmm. So we've been, we spent a lot of January um, reviewing applications and hearing from schools about all of their unique and innovative solutions to address workforce preparedness in their community. We're really excited to see the results of all of these innovative programs, how they're able to better meet their needs and better prepare their students for the challenges ahead. Our president and CEO, announced our new Center for Talent and Workforce Preparedness. We are excited that this is going to be a key feature of the foundation. It really builds upon the years of work that we have led and partnered with other great organizations around developing thoughtful talent development strategies. So we're excited to have kind of a, a large clearinghouse within the Georgia Chamber Foundation and within the state to bring together a number of partners really to think holistically about how we address talent preparedness for the next generation. I think similar to the workforce and population data where this kind of imbalance exists in Georgia is the tremendous performance and growth of our logistics infrastructure, but also a significant need for investment and improvement with all of the recent economic development announcements and growth that we're seeing across the state. It's vital that we start making investments right now to secure our critical infrastructure that's going to be so important to the continued success of our state. Certainly, you're exactly right that our infrastructure system has been critical to the state's competitiveness. When you think about what comes through the Port of Savannah, the Port of Brunswick, Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport, we are a, a critical component to the nation's logistics infrastructure, which is really exciting. But with that, we will need about $84 billion by 2050 for infrastructure improvements. And it's because we really have seen so much growth uh, within the Port of Savannah. People are seeing it as a great port to be able to move their goods into the United States and out of the United States. We've actually seen that over the last two years, monthly TEU, which that's 20-foot equivalent units, so those big tractor-trailer truck boxes you think of, TEU throughput in the Port of Savannah has increased more than 25%, and we actually rank fourth nationally in terms of growth of jobs in the warehouse sector. Of course, if you're thinking about that warehouse sector, it really is because we've seen such an explosion of e-commerce. People are doing a lot more online shopping, which is great, but having more e-commerce actually demands more warehouse space. That's kind of a critical part of it. So as we're seeing all of this new needs and new growth, it really is facilitating, of course, maintaining our existing infrastructure, making sure we've got things that are critical to safety, 
but we also really are needing to think about those creative solutions to push more freight and logistics throughout our state. And so we are working very closely with um, the Georgia Transportation Alliance and other partners to make sure that we are pushing for the right initiatives to expand our freight and logistics infrastructure. According to the Red Book, what other areas are we seeing Georgia exceed in? Yeah, so there are a lot of places where Georgia is actually doing really, really well. We rank sixth for the number of net new businesses created and third for the number of adults becoming entrepreneurs each month. So that's exciting because people really do see Georgia as a great place to start a business. They see it as a place of innovation, opportunity, which is a great opportunity for our state. And it shows that we really do have a super strong business climate. But we also kind of see some opportunities for improvement. Again, as we see that we ranked really highly in some of those business creation statistics, we have lower national rankings for survival rates, which really gives us the indication that we're going to need more resources in terms of financial capital, human capital, social capital for a lot of our small businesses, especially to be able to sustain their businesses and grow their businesses into profitable operations. And I know that last session, our General Assembly made some significant advancements in providing resources for literacy in K-12 education. So where do we stand nationally in terms of literacy rates and what do those resources that the General Assembly allocated funds for, what do those resources aim to accomplish? Yeah, so when we are really looking at third grade literacy rate, which that's a number that lots of folks use to really think about literacy because at that third grade level, you stop learning to read and you start reading to learn. So at that point, if you're kind of not with your other peers, you're going to start falling behind in terms of the ability to comprehend content and move forward. I would say third grade literacy is also really interesting because it has a lot of broader implications. People actually use third grade literacy to estimate prison beds. So it's an important indicator as we're thinking about what's going on in the economy and really what's the future for a lot of students. Certainly not a determinant, but again, an indicator. So when we look at some national metrics, um, 32% of Georgia fourth graders, so again, measuring what was that proficiency in third grade, so 32% are at or above proficient level, which certainly is not exactly where we would like to be. In the Red Book, we also have some county level information too, looking at different rates, and we have some breakdowns for hub, rural and metro Atlanta to look at those literacy rates. I would say it varies a lot from community to community, but we see some lower rates in some of our rural and hub communities, and then we see some higher rates in metro Atlanta. So certainly as we're thinking about literacy, it's a a huge challenge for the state, but also a huge opportunity. We've also had incredible leadership with the Georgia General Assembly, with the Senate and the House, and of course with Governor Kemp and all of his investments in our education system. Um, Of course with the Governor's Office of Student Achievement, which has been integral in launching the Council on Literacy that was spearheaded by the legislation passed last year from the efforts of the Senate and the House. So this group has been meeting all of last year and produced some recommendations earlier this year, which we may be able to link to in our notes. But 
has been doing some incredible work, really bringing folks together, and I know is continuing to work of how do we engage the business community, how do we really spread the word about the importance of literacy, and how do we address this? We've also seen a lot of communities locally address this in their school systems, talking about the science of reading and how do we do it in a really, really effective way, thinking about not only teachers doing this, but how can we have other school support staff be part of the system, really all about empowering children to be effective readers and learners. So certainly a lot of momentum around this. And I think we've heard from a lot of the leaders within the Council on Literacy that it's Georgia's most solvable problem. Mm -hmm. So excited to see so much energy around some of our littlest learners and grateful to, of course, for the state leadership. This goes back to the workforce issues, but right on trend with the rest of the country, we're also facing a significant health care gap between some of our rural communities and our more urban areas. Currently, more than 61% of rural Georgians live in a health professional shortage area, and we're seeing around 60,000 health care job openings projected by around 2028, and that number expected to exceed over 100,000 by just 2030. Where are we ranked nationally in terms of access to health care? Yeah, so certainly thinking about the access to healthcare professionals, access to resources, and I would say certainly we see in a lot of communities too that we've got, especially rural communities, face higher rates of non-communicable diseases, which if you're thinking that's a very large word, it is, (laughs) but um, it's really referring to chronic conditions, think about COPD or or diabetes, so kind of indicators around the general health of individuals. Are they able to go to work and work in their community, volunteer, be effective? And so when you look at a lot of our county-level data, you really see that We've got some challenges, especially in some of our rural communities. I would say, however, with all of those challenges, we've got huge opportunities. And certainly the, the governor has been leading on investing in innovative solutions to expanding healthcare access. And so we're very grateful for everything the governor has done since he's been in office to help expand that access. And looking forward to working with the House and the Senate, too, as they consider other measures to think about how do we expand access, of course, too, for some of our specialties that might be considered as part of mental health or other services like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's been so much emphasis on infrastructure. And I think that one thing that the Chamber does really well and that we've been talking about for a long time is actually thinking about healthcare as infrastructure, especially when it comes to our, our competitiveness and attracting new development. Because Ensuring that we have a very stable healthcare system is going to be vital as we continue to look at attracting more business and receiving continued growth. Yeah, absolutely. And we've actually done some research on this and seen the huge economic detriment that comes when hospital does leave a community. It doesn't just take those hospital jobs. It takes a lot more because really when you're able to have a hospital, it is critical infrastructure in your community for people to be able to go to their doctor's appointments, for people to be able to have services and access. So it's critical and we are really excited to continue to think about how do we foster innovative solutions to support healthcare and communities. I know that the Chamber is working diligently on creating long-term strategic plans to these issues we discussed today, but I want to emphasize that the state of Georgia and our economy remains strong and competitive despite the issues that we're facing. And again, many of these are not unique issues to, to our state. We're seeing a lot of these issues across the country. So thankfully, we have an incredible governor, elected officials, and leadership that recognizes the importance of securing the future of our economy and a Chamber of Commerce that believes in serving our state to create prosperity for everyone. So, Daniela, thank you for sharing with us today. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're exactly right too. Um, just because it's a challenge today doesn't mean that it is a, a challenge forever. And we're hopeful that by pointing out some of these spots, we can really continue to foster so much economic growth. So thank you for having me today. Of course. And most importantly, though, before we go, where can our listeners go and find a copy of the Red Book for themselves? Yeah, absolutely. It's on our website at gachamber.com backslash redbook. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks so much.